Here we go. Rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast, out West. Adam Stanko, just two plugged in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. And if you can see Adam right now, he, he's grooving. I'm feeling it. Coming up on Thursday, John Corrales, the host of the number one Celtics podcast in the world. Locked on Celtics joins us. So if you haven't listened yet to John on Locked on Celtics, subscribe there. Listen to an episode two, three, four, and then join us for the going ISO edition this week as you find out exactly who John Corrales is. Coming up, the Steph slander that started with a former player. It wasn't even NBA Twitter. It was Channing Fry, who looked awful on NBA TV on Sunday night, by the way, but not as bad as, and Dwayne Wade called him out for his tie, but not as bad as Grant Hill did. Like they're on right after that game. And I know this isn't where we're going to start, but they were on right after the game, right after Steph 62. And Grant Hill's on virtually, but it's not like Cisco, Cisco telepresence. It's, it's nothing clean. It's, like a home internet connection, it seemed like. Right. Okay, and he's right. got AirPods in. The sound is hollow. And his backdrop didn't fill up the frame. So it's the like the step and repeat NBA TV backdrop. And then, but as you're looking at it to the right, you see what looks like a closet. Like fill up the frame. <laughs> It's so funny. It's amazing that we're this far into it and 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 it's not been figured out yet by by people with the means, the means, let's start there. They have the means sure. to do so. And also the support. The support. You're telling me that there aren't people jumping at the chance to help him out to give him a better look. Or what's the I need the explanation of Who's the final eye on that? Who's the final quality control on the on the production end? That's it. Yeah, Grant, you're good. Yeah, right there. Yeah, no, don't. No, right there. Perfect. Perfect. That's perfect. Lose the headroom. Former athletes here and current athletes hear perfect so much from TV people, radio folks, PR people that it's actually nauseating because ninety nine percent of the time it's not perfect. Person could have done it a whole lot better. Everyone just feels the need to stroke egos all the time. All anyway, the time. we'll talk. We're going to talk about the Steph slander in a moment. It is way too early to talk MVP, but mm-hmm. you've got a list of guys who cannot win MVP. So that's it's the cannot win MVP race right now. And we're not talking about. TLC in Brooklyn or Kelly Oubre in Golden State. <laughs> we're, we're talking about all-stars that Premier did not win MVP. So who's on your list? I have three guys that I wanted to list off as, as guys that are elite players in this league that you would think, yes, of course they can. But if you dig a little deeper, no matter what happens this season, I would say that they can win it. Three guys. Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis. Oh. And DeMontis Sabonis. And and I just want to say the first 
too. And no, we can we can dive into these individually. But I just want to say Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis is all about I don't they have the better year. It's about who they're playing with. There is no team that will have LeBron James on it. And you're going to get into the whole talk that always starts to happen with MVP. Well, there's no official statement by the league about what qualifies as MVP, which is really what this is all about. Any team with LeBron James, there is no way that a teammate of his will win an MVP award. And Anthony Davis had to know that probably as he was sitting there considering his options once he got to the Lakers. You know what? This probably means I can never win an MVP. Now, titles and legacy and all those other things may be more important in his mind. But let's just say it right now. You cannot win an MVP playing alongside LeBron James. Which is so great because LeBron will say, you know, if LeBron said, I'm trying to get AD the MVP, you know, AD's been carrying us. But then you know he would turn that around or others would turn it around that, oh, look at his assist numbers. Nobody's like, how could you not give the MVP to, to LeBron? Look at all those assist numbers. So as LeBron would say, I've tried to get Anthony Davis the MVP. Then out the other side of his mouth or from somebody else, you'd hear those assists, that, those are MVP numbers. Nobody at his age has put that. That's an MVP right there. There's no question. It's I will say this about LeBron. For all the things there is to love about LeBron, and there are, and, and you and I have talked, I mean, seeing him for the first time, like I said, in person after his sophomore year of high school, interviewing him then, first national interview he'd done, is everything you, you can say positively about LeBron, and you always bring up the line, the expectations were on another level, and he greatly surpassed them. And so, yes, there's all this stuff to love about LeBron. But I don't know that we have seen a guy who has been more of a self-promoter while trying to hide from the self-promotion title. Like how how many times, oh, this, this, oh, what I did against Golden State, yeah, during their record-setting win total season, that year, that's when I became the greatest player of all time. Oh, Marcus All, yeah, he got defensive. Uh, he got defensive player of the year over me in a year. I, I still haven't forgotten that that, that happened. Oh, you guys are going to choose Giannis over me for MVP. I mean, it's like I constant but, with this guy, but yeah, constantly about that's not what he cares about. I don't even mind it. I don't because it's it's comical and the guy's either the best or the second best player of all time. Oh. I don't mind it. He could be for all the attention that he has gotten his entire life. He could be an awful dude, and he is the opposite of it. Yeah, I mean, child stars grow up to be horrendous people and have all these bad things happen to them and lives spiral out of control. It was all it was all there for LeBron and he it could have gone one way or the other and he took it and as as you've said, you know, just far surpassed any sort of expectation. Great call. And I know this isn't even the, the topic that we're on, but I guess it, it is a, a little bit as an aside. But I will say two things about that one having seen him a bunch i watched him a bunch when he was in high school live and one of the times i remember being at slam dunk to the beach tournament in lewis delaware and he was basically walking through this i mean it's a high school gym in in uh, in delaware and he's sort of walking through and as he and as he's walking through this lobby area of the high school everyone 
was fixated on just watching him, just how he moved, his size. There's something about him that's so magnetic anyway, just as a person physically, forgetting even his ability on the basketball court. And someone turned to me and said, man, can you imagine being at this age? And remember, he was like 17 when he graduated, I think. He's, or his birthday might be in December. But they literally was looking at him. And this guy says to me, can you imagine being this age and having all these eyes on you like this all yeah, the time? Yeah. Just how insecure you would feel just as people everywhere you go is looking at you. And that was the case then. And I would see other places. I remember being at a cheesesteak shop as we were covering him when he was in Philly to play against Strawberry Mansion and Maurice Rice. Same deal. He's like sitting down. You could just feel it. Like everyone in the cheesesteak shop is like looking over. And so it's that. And then Noah, to you, so to your point, like the idea that all these eyes are on him and he still didn't let us down also just as a person, but then to go a step further and at this age to still have the drive that he does and to want to improve his game and improve his body every off season and still be motivated. That same Jordan thing of like, I'll find anything as motivation. I do laugh about the snubs with Marcus Gasol as defense player of the year and all that. But at the same time, right. like the fact of the matter is his greatness is such that he's constantly finding ways to motivate himself and that he's still putting in the work when he doesn't have to, he's already proven his body of work speaks for itself. And yet, he still is upset about his slights and he still uses it as motivation and he still works his tail off, has put more off-season work in this shortened little off-season than anyone at his age probably has ever put in. So for those reasons, just so impressive. And he's not going to, once he retires, he's not going to act like Shaq is acting towards this generation. That's for sure. Who else you got? So I said Kyrie Irving is the other one. He falls <laughs> into that Anthony Davis camp. Same reason. and But the thing with Kyrie, though, I will also throw in is off-the-court stuff. No. Kyrie Irving is a special talent. We've talked about it, but how many times on this podcast have we talked about the off-the-court stuff? And whether it's a joke about the deviated septum, whether it's it's a joke about how he considers himself, there is just something about Kyrie's relationship. Once you call media members pawns, it's awfully difficult then to win an MVP in that year. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's the dislike of the media members alone, if he was on an island, he's he still, because his talent is so great, he still might be able to overcome that. And I realize right now the Nets are struggling some, and they're going to figure it out just fine. And Spencer Dinwiddie will get back, and they'll still end up as one of the best teams, I, I feel like, in the league. Obviously, a little stumbling block early in the season. But I will say – It'd be one thing just alone if Kyrie was by himself and just doing incredible things this year. You could start to talk about him as MVP, but playing alongside Kevin Durant, no one's going to give him that chance. And if it is Annette who ends up winning the MVP, it'll be Kevin Durant. There is no chance that media members, along with his words, and then in terms of him playing with KD, will give Kyrie Irving an MVP this year. And, and Demonis Simonis doesn't really seem to fit on this list the other two guys are pretty sexy i mean Sabonis is at you know 21 11 and 7 shooting 57 percent from 57 <laughs> percent from the floor and actually from deep he puts up about two and a half three a game and he might be an mvp candidate for my fantasy team which this year i by the way i renamed to true grit and my mm. photo on Yahoo is the Cherokee Parks photo with his knuckles <laughs> out like this. It says true grit Cherokee Parks 
a guest on rejecting the screen, go back and listen to the going ISO edition of Cherokee parks. Yeah. I, I can't tell you the name of my fantasy hoops team because it's too offensive. Uh, but I will tell you after we, we pause. Wait, the- offensive to who? Let's say women. Let's just- <laughs> 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 so, uh, Demontis Sabonis. But on Sabonis, I mean, look, no, you bring it up. His numbers this year are insane. His play has been incredible. I don't know if you heard when Barkley the other night on Inside the NBA said he's one of the top 10 players in the NBA. What he's doing in terms of contributions on a nightly basis and whether you mention it scoring rebounding the assist numbers are insane but he's also shooting 57 percent, not just from the field from three mm-hmm. now if that were to continue all year and you're talking about a guy that puts up 21 11 seven assists uh, also gets a steal a game uh, if that were to continue and the pacers are among the best teams in the east of course you'd have to talk about him as an MVP candidate. But for exactly the reason that you said that it's not sexy, that he doesn't come in with the same resume, with the same clout as some of the elite guys in the league. And this was my point on mentioning him. Whereas Kyrie, it's partly the off-court stuff. Anthony Davis is playing alongside LeBron. Sabonis is in the category, and you could probably find it a couple other guys in this category, where it's predetermined before the year. I don't care what DeMontis Sabonis does this year. I don't care if he averages 21-11-7 and shoots 57% from the field and from three. That guy is not (laughs) winning MVP. And that's it. And so it's interesting, though, because guys like that could have a year like that this year. Pacers, let's say, finish number two in the East, make a deep – let's say they go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm just throwing this out there. Now, all of a sudden, because he's got that, MVP then becomes more Lifetime Achievement Award at least where you get a chance to have an opportunity for it, that then would mean Sabonis could win it in the future. So that that's the thing. And I don't I don't think Sabonis is going to, and I don't think he's a top 10 player in the league. I think guys put Barkley in check and said he's having a great year, but he's probably closer to 15 to 20 best players in the league, maybe top 15 on the cusp of it. And you start to list off the guys and you're like, yeah, it's tough to crack that list. But I would just say, it's it's interesting. If you really want to talk about value to a team, it's tough to argue with the Sabonis is having one of those years where everything's just sort of coming together for the guy. And um, you know, his his game is really, really blossomed. I think this is gonna be your, you're gonna have the most guys receiving votes one through five. Because you're gonna come down to the final week or two of the season. There's not gonna be a dominant team in the NBA this year. We already see that scores and records are all over the place every single night. So you are going to be able that whole MVP conversation. It's usually never a true conversation because there's only one or two guys that exactly. are going to get the first place votes, but the three, four, five. And when I go back and look in basketball reference to see how guys careers and legacies should stack up, I do look at how many top five MVP finishes they had. So I do think that that will be significant this year coming up that Steph slander that has nothing to do with Grant Hill's backdrop, but I'm okay with it. We've got the college football national championship. We've got NFL playoffs here and there's only one place 
that has you covered and one place that we trust. Get it covered, covered the spread. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today, free account, BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D, on. Locked on. Get your 50% welcome bonus. So sign up, put in 100 bucks, get 50 already. And my father grew up a Steelers fan, grew up in Pittsburgh, so I grew up an Eagles fan and a Steelers fan. And the Steelers are four-point favorites and to beat the Browns on Sunday night. And if the Steelers lose to the Browns this year in the playoffs after the Browns haven't been in in the playoffs in 65 years, yikes. Yikes. I like the Steelers. I know it's a little bit different than just the money line, which right now is minus 220, but I'll take the Steelers giving four at home at the moment. So that's my bet for the playoffs. So you can get on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on L O C K E D on receive a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online, your online sports book experts betting on whether it's the NBA, the NFL college football. It doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. I might be able to help you out in the NBA. I used to be able to help you out in college football and the NFL baseball, even the WNBA. Mm. I used to go heavy on just WNBA favorites. And like four years ago, favorites were covering 70% of the time. It was a good year. You can get daily picks, quick hitting advice to make your smartest possible wager. Subscribe to the locked on bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. You may have thought it was surprising when I said, I'm okay with the Steph slander. Well, the reason I'm okay with the quote unquote slander is that Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to criticize someone. Oftentimes it's unfounded. Like Mm. saying that, well, now we'll see what he can do without those guys around. And Channing Fry saying, you know, not agreeing with that the Warriors were in hell before Steph got there, when in fact they really were for quite some time. Yes, they had the one run with the We Believe team. So, and you can, you cannot like Steph for what he's done to basketball at the lower levels and the trends in the NBA. I get it. That's okay. You can you can say I don't like the way the basketball is played because of that. But to say that Steph's career depends on this season because he doesn't have the other guys around him, that's silly. But are you allowed to criticize Steph? Sure. But I'm just glad that it came from a former player this time so that not everybody just says, well, the real hoopers know. Well, Channing Fry looked like an idiot. And Steph went out and dropped 62 points. 62. It's not like he went out and had 28 and hit four threes. He had 62 points. Why, again, does it have to be AI in 01 or Dirk in 11? Like, why does it, why does it always have to be that way? It, Noah, it's so interesting that you mentioned those two guys specifically. Because I actually think about Iverson and Dirk as two guys 
who weren't appreciated in at certain points during their career. And it wasn't until later where we said, wow, when you consider how much they changed how we view players. I mean, look at Iverson specifically. He comes up with all of the, the fanfare and the excitement, and he he basically made John Thompson change how he coached. I mean, for a guy who was very restrictive about his players and deliberate on offense and got after you defensively and they, they did things in the post, Iverson was just able to do whatever he wanted on the court because the talent was so immense, he just let him go. And – and then he goes into the NBA, and even though he's amazing people, his rookie year it was still about, does he shoot too much? Is he a point guard? Is he a combo guy? Like, who is Allen Iverson? And then it wasn't until a few years later, and all of a sudden it's the MVP season, and as you talk about going to the finals that, oh, I get it. And by the way, he's inspiring this whole generation because he's a guy who's so authentic. Say what you will about Iverson, but he's authentic. And so – there was an appreciation later. Same thing for Dirk. It was like, oh, he's European. He's this player from Germany, and I don't know how good he is, and all the doubts when during his rookie year. And then later, as time went on, it's this – he sort of changed the way we view European players. He was he was on the cusp of, of a lot of that. And, in fact, Dirk's move and the one-legged you know jumper, all that kind of stuff has now been imitated, just like a lot of Iverson's game has been – has been imitated. These guys change the way other people play. Steph is sort of that way. I think the appreciation for Steph, you have to look back and you almost have to remind yourself what he was doing on championship level teams. And you bring it up. It's, you talk about it being obnoxious, like about how other guys play. Forget just this generation. Being in the Bay Area, like walking into gyms, you know, as, as I'm coaching a game or something for my daughters and and now you see these other kids that come on, you know, during halftime and stuff, they're shooting around. Everybody's shooting from 35 feet, but it's all hoist shots, always in the Steph jersey or some Warriors jacket or something. It is obnoxious. And by the way, Steph did so by having a complete game. I mean, his ability to finish at the rim is insane for his for his size. And then his obviously his in between game. I mean, guy scores at all three levels, and look what he's doing from even just the free throw line. So his fundamentals are insane. His vision's great, but but one thing I would say where it's similar to bring it, and you mentioned it with the other guys, is that I think it's because Steph doesn't fit the mold of guys that we expect to be superstars. He doesn't look like a superstar. He has this baby face look. He doesn't look like he's this insane athlete. He's not 6'8". He doesn't look like a guy we expect him to look. And Iverson was the same way. We didn't expect a little guy to have that kind of athleticism and look the way that Iverson looked. And then with, you know, with the tattoos and the braids and all that. And same thing I would say for Dirk. All of a sudden, it's a 6'11 guy who shoots the way he does. It just didn't seem like something we're used to. And so I think because of that, it's always been easy for people to knock Steph, but you couldn't knock it when it's MVPs and you couldn't knock it when it's championships. Last year, he's out for pretty much the whole season, plays five games. This year, they're off to a rocky start and he's doing all he can. And to your point, and this gets back to the very beginning of exactly what you said, everyone points out, oh, look, see, he's got to prove it this year. Yeah, I know he has two MVPs and one's a unanimous MVP, but this guy's got to prove it to me now. Well, yeah, people on Twitter, nobody cares what you think. But when it's other players, and it's, as you point out, Channing Fry making those comments, or Dame Lillard says, hey, the game's changed. The one thing I will say is, in a way, 
Steph changed the game so much that it's like in the NFL when it's like, oh, Joe Montana and the Niners have a West Coast offense. Well, now we got to change our defenses to adjust to quick passes. Same thing. Steph shoots from so far and changes the dimensions on the court. Other guys realized they could do it as well. And defenses adjusted to the way the Warriors play. And I know inside the Warriors right now, Steve Kerr has been talking about this idea that he knows the teams have caught up to them in a sense, but they still haven't. They barely played even with Draymond Green. Like you take out anybody's best two players for a season. Good luck to you. Good luck. I don't know who was calling the Warriors game last night. I don't know who was doing the play-by-play. Glenn Azabuki was doing was the analyst, but sure was Bob Fitzgerald with Channing Fry in the studio. Okay, and you've got Stefan. They had Stefan for like seven or eight minutes after for for post game on a, a an on court interview, and mm-hmm. not once did they ask our game tonight is on NBA TV. Channing Fry is in studio. Is there anything you'd like to say to Channing? I mean, exactly. what are we doing here? What are we doing? What are we doing here? And and if they're going to say, well, how are we supposed to know who's on NBA, in NBA, who's on the NBA TV studio, our game, we're broadcasting locally? Well, then that's on production. Someone's got to tell you. Channing yeah. Fry is in studio. That's how this whole thing started. He's got Dame, Dame Lillard on the court. Oh, and also, post-game, they stay with the broadcast for a few moments, but I'm watching to see when Steph and Dame are going to hug or talk. Of course, they cut out and go back to the oh. studio before that. Of course, they do. All right. I'll have to call up some people that I know over there and see what the deal was. I, I'll, No, I, it's... It's so awesome to me. It's one of the great moments when a player shuts up the people that are talking about him. There, There's nothing more fun to me in sports than when a player is hearing all this noise, especially a guy who deserves it. I'm not talking about a guy who is like a rookie and people are saying, well, we don't know if this guy can play all this because there's always, it's always okay to question what a guy's career is going to be. I mean, and that's what pundits are paid to do. And even Analysts, I understand. Like, you want to drum up info on topics, and, and that's a thing, Noah. As a as a production guy and having a background in production, there's always how do we ask something that's of interest? And typically, audience members at home will say, "Well, how do we find like like what's interesting to us?" If you go on TV and say, "Hey, Steph's great, Steph's great," which most players are used to, then I don't know. People sort of tune it out. There is now in our media sphere, there is a need to be contrarian. And I think it's gone way too far in the opposite direction to where a lot of guys, and I'm not saying anything people don't know, but where a lot of people are paid handsomely because they just constantly take the opposing viewpoint and do so away from their own personal interests. And I know having worked at ESPN, I I watched the first take crew who really started this whole phenomenon, I, I would say at least. Uh, people have always been been contrarians, but where they've gotten famous off of it and it's actually changed narratives and things. And the interesting part is people would ask me, hey, Skip Bayless, like Stephen A., do those guys like feel the way they feel? And I would say, yeah, but you know what the genius of First Take was at the time was they would sit there with a whiteboard as they built their show. A couple hours prior to the show, 
and they would go over the topics that they they were handed the night before. They knew what the topics were going to be, but it would be like, hey, is Steph Curry a great, you know, like how is Steph Curry one of the top 10 players in the league? And both Stephen A and Skip would be like, yes. And then it'd be like, is he one of the top five? And they'd both say yes. And they go, okay, is he the best point guard in the league? And Stephen A would be like, absolutely not. And Skip would say, yeah, absolutely he is. And they go, okay, boom. Now we found our point of friction. Mm. And that's what they would do. So they built it so that they found the right questions to ask as opposed to thinking about it the other way. Now, granted, we know people also will go the other way. And Skip has sometimes gone so far the extreme and and takes on these viewpoints and anti-LeBron and all this stuff that he knows is just going to draw attention. But I will say it's it's obnoxious i think when there's an insincere argument from an analyst because you lose all credibility the moment that you start saying a guy isn't as good or a guy needs to do this to prove to us steph doesn't have to do anything else he could retire right now and he's one of the greatest point guards of all time and that's it and just remember when i said about Shaq last week when he was talking about rudy gobert that same episode his co-host and they're not doing the podcast anymore. His co-host, John Kincaid, who I've talked about on the show before, his co-host, who is now hosting the morning show on 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia, said, if James Harden, on the same episode, if James Harden retired today, if his career ended, he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer. That's so insane. I mean, that's more egregious than, than what Shaq said about Rudy Gobert. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This stuff... That people spew, and and I always wonder, Noah, it always comes down to, are they ignorant to what James Harden has done in his career, or is he trying to say something so inflammatory that maybe someone will discuss it, and then now, here on another podcast, we're mentioning John Kincaid's name. Now, I just want him to know, we're laughing at him, so I just want him to be aware of that. Yeah, I'm no, not he giving would- him pub. I'm laughing. No, he he would he would know that. But then he would accuse me of being a stalker. But really, I'm just a, a, a listener. Just, I was just hate listening. That's all. <laughs> all right, coming up, what we're looking forward to this week. Adam, did you know that chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's true. And rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. Mm. No membership no account login. It's a family business. Been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You can get tail lights, motor oil, new carpet, brake parts for any type of car, truck. Choose the brand, specifications, the prices. That's me navigating the website putting in the filters those aren't actual sound effects that the website made no (laughs) believe it or not i do my own sound effects go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and then write locked on l-o-c-k-e-d space on locked on in there how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com just like the two of us, East meeting West, me being in New York City, Adam being in the Bay Area. East meets West in Locked On NBA Tuesdays. Wes Goldberg, who's the Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors, and David Rammel, the host of Locked On Heat. They tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. 
Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you subscribing, downloading, reviewing on Apple Podcasts, sharing with your friends. Again, terrific feedback from the Steve Lavin episode with comments from Baron Davis and retweets from Steve Lavin and Earl Watson about what it was like recruiting Baron Davis and the John Wooden stories. There are so many of these in the library that you can go back and listen anytime. So we suggest you do that. Some of my favorites, the Mark Jackson episode, the former Temple big man, the former NBA power forward who grew up with no hot water and was no money and no electricity and was waking up so early in the morning so his neighbors didn't see him taking a shower from the fire hydrant outside Mm. and to where he is now. It's an inspirational story. Reggie Theus, again, one of my favorites. Adam Morrison, Sean Marion. Just go back and check out the Going ISO editions of Rejecting the Screen. And we think you're going to like this Thursday's episode with John Corrales, the host of the number one Celtics podcast out there, Locked On Celtics, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can get your team every day, all 30 teams, every single day on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Corrales has Greek immigrant parents, so we get into his father's pizza shop, to his days playing at Emerson, to his days playing in Greece, where he played in the gyms, where we saw all that grainy video from Giannis. Mm-hmm. It was that interview was a lot of fun. And one of the things that that John talked about was writing a book. And I will tell you, there are often times on on these interviews that we somehow along the journey, as we start to talk about people's careers and lives, where there's just this emotional moment. And it it almost, we just stop ourselves. Like, I, I know you've talked about it before. And when we interviewed Jeff Zilgit, when you had to mute the microphone because mm-hmm. you were in tears and choking up and John Corral is talking about how he put the book that he had just written on the Celtics all-time all-stars put that book in his mom's hands as a as a as a Greek immigrant mm-hmm. who he said didn't understand 90% of what was in that book but just holding it touching it feeling it and seeing her son's name on the cover that he had written a book this is just an awesome moment. So that moment alone for me made the whole interview and John was great throughout. So I'm looking forward to that this week, putting that out on Thursday. I'm also looking forward to Thursday Sixers Nets game. And I think the Grizzlies are looking forward to it because they've got the Nets on Friday on a, on a back-to-back. So maybe Katie and Kyrie don't play or, or, or one or the other, but that's the game I'm looking most forward to on Thursday one, because the comments about inside the NBA are just outrageous these days. So I just take it for what it is. It, it, it's just pure entertainment. And oftentimes it's enjoyable. I have, I have nothing negative to say. There are plenty of sources of commentary out there. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. Do I think the NBA would rather the, the Shaq and Kenny and Charles be more positive towards today's NBA player? Absolutely. Absolutely. They do not want those guys crushing today's NBA players, but I am looking forward to hearing what they say about Ben Simmons, not shooting threes. And if Joel Embiid doesn't have a dominant game, just what we expect from to hear from Shaq when, when that happens, but actually on the floor, these are two teams that have what it takes 
they do have what it takes. They really do. Um, the Nets need to figure out this defense because they really are soft yeah. on defense. Um, and Joel Embiid, I, I like the aggressiveness that I've seen from Embiid early. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have. It's funny. You and I sometimes will discuss when we're getting into topics. Sometimes we go into detail. Hey, what are we going to really get into here? How are we going to talk about this? For the what are we looking forward to? We never really talked about what we were going to to do uh, and what our what we were interested in. Same one for me. Oh. I was looking at the net schedule. I mean, off of this Kyrie discussion, MVP, all that, and then considering. So, Ky- all right, Kyrie can't win an MVP, and then we talk about the slander towards Steph Curry. There was some slander also coming towards the Nets about not only now that they are losing a few games, but also that Kyrie and KD missed game-winning shots mm-hmm. in the same game. So you can be sure now tomorrow, which we record this on Monday, so on Tuesday, uh, the Nets take the take the Jazz on. I expect the Nets to just go on a tear and play ferociously this week. And you pointed out, then you Sixers, and then maybe there's a night off against – against the Grizzlies. That Sixers game, a Sixers team right now that sits atop the Eastern Conference standings, uh, there is no question that is one of those circle games, especially because of the Nets and the Sixers you feel like are going to be there in the end for the Eastern Conference. They, they may just be the best two teams in the Adams posted on Instagram this week at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Then I added the hashtags afterwards. But Adam posted, so that initiative deserves... Thank you. Thank you. Always, I mean, when, when everyone understands how much else I have going on, and the fact that I still take the time to post on on Instagram, I, I will say what what prompted that, and then we can end this thing. But I, Steve Lavin, I, I tweeted out a, a picture of Baron Davis and, and Steve Lavin to promote the podcast, and Lav didn't like how his picture looked, and. And you have to understand, I mean, Lav is one of the, like, kindest souls. Like, he is not he, – he, he's like, I didn't love it. Oh. And Baron Davis hadn't gotten his teeth fixed yet. I think that was the other thing before he had gotten some money. So, he, I think he thought, too, that Baron wouldn't like the picture. I liked the picture. I thought it was a cool shot. Noah, he proceeded to send me – I haven't counted yet. But I'd say somewhere in the neighborhood, Lav sent me somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 pictures – like just texted one after another, after another, like, Hey, you can use any of these. And I mean, just, he is an all time good guy, but it was hysterical. And uh, it's amazing how many of everything, anything and everything that you could imagine um, from Matt Barnes with no tattoos to him calling games with, with Brent Musburger to uh, old pictures of Earl Watson. Uh, It just goes on and on him. St. Joe's days with, uh, uh, St. John's days with Louis Carnesecca. I mean, it just, it, it was incredible. I'm literally, I'm telling you, it must've been 40 pictures that he sent to me. It's got to have a folder, right? Oh, got to like, Hey, in case be. anyone ever needs a podcast picture to promote right. the podcast. <laughs> uh, so thanks to Steve Lavin. John Corrales comes up on Thursday. Frank Isola unable to join us this week. We're on Instagram, as we said, at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Adam's on Twitter at NaismithLives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. We've talked about Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. Locked On NBA, five days a week, the national program. The Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, all things NBA Draft, Hollinger and Duncan. John Hollinger, Nate Duncan. And check out Locked On Bets, the new Locked On Bets 
quick hits, easy to digest gambling advice from our friends at Locked On Bets and BetOnline.ag. Adam, thanks, pal. You are the best.